0: I think we underestimate how important communication is. I mean, just think about it in your, in your daily life. How often do you try to communicate something to someone, whether it's someone that you're really close to or, or, or someone that you're just going to the store to get something, or maybe you're on the phone and you're trying to, trying to communicate whatever it is that you're, you're trying to say, and, and it gets misunderstood and it gets misunderstood i mean just like just like as they were putting things together we had some of the kids were going oh let's put this over here let's put this over there what about this what's this thing oh no no this is a this is a wise man no that's a wise man no that's no 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 i mean there was a lot of communicating going on but maybe not a lot of actual um message being heard you know there's a a a gentleman in this church Don Tyndall, who um, he worked his whole life in the area of communications and in corporate publications for the company that he worked for, Southern States, and and one of the things that he always reminded me is he said he says Joel, there are three things involved in communication. There's there's the sender, there's the receiver, and there's the message. And if if one of those isn't clear about what they're doing or what they're supposed to be doing, then the message will never really get communicated very, very well. And so I think it's interesting then as especially as a pastor, I spend my life seeking to try to communicate a message, it's it's interesting what people hear every Sunday when when I get up here and say things and and oftentimes I don't necessarily say them very well but sometimes God thank you God for the Holy Spirit will translate that in someone's head into something really amazing or something that they need and so and so it's it's really great that that I in some ways can rely on the help of the Holy Spirit to make that message happen in the midst of worship and and I hope that that happens. But in the midst of regular relationships, oftentimes the first thing to go is communication. I think more marriages, I think more um, family relationships are, are broken down because, because we have a difficult time communicating with one another. We're either unwilling to, to let go of our biases or our hurts or our brokenness in order to hear the other person, or we, we just, we're just going to pound the same thing into somebody, not thinking about how do they need to receive this message? What's the best way for them to hear it? Uh, Noah and I, well, mostly Noah, peruses Netflix on a regular basis. And we were watching um, a, an old show called Freaks and Geeks. I don't know if you know it. It's, it's probably, what, from the 80s or 90s? 90s, thank you. And... And the father in this particular show has one mode of communication. Anytime he thinks his kids are going to do something that is not appropriate, he says this, you know, when I was in high school, I knew someone who did that. And you know what happened to them? They died. I mean, that's pretty much, that's his whole method of communication, which clearly, as soon as he starts talking, the kids are like, Nyeh. You know, they're not listening anymore because he's just—he's using this one way. He's, he's got one tool in his toolbox and he's going to use it. You know, it's like I've got a hammer and everything's a nail. So, so in terms of communication in, in, in our lives, we, we need to be looking for how, how can we, how, with the person that we're trying to communicate with, how do we make our message such that they can actually hear it? How do we present it? What words do we need to use? What ways do we, when do we need to talk to them? All those kinds of things. And as we talk about in our life of faith, our communication with God, most often we call that prayer. We call that prayer. We call communication with God prayer. That that's, that's the primary vehicle in which we as individuals and corporately communicate with God and how God communicates with us in a very powerful way. Almost if you, if you, if you read the lives of the saints, if you read the lives of, of these, you know, these great figures of faith throughout history, most of them will say that the pri- one of their primary um, modes of living life is to be in prayer, is to, is to be in a place where they communicate, are communicating with God, where they are seeking to, to hear what God has to say and then to communicate their wants and needs, to communicate their hopes and desires back to God. And they do that in such a way that, that as you, especially as you read through the Bible, the people who pray in the Bible, they, they pray as if it makes a difference whereas i think sometimes when we communicate with god we're not really sure whether it has any whether there's any effect or not we're just speaking words into the air or, or whatever it's sort of like you know when you're talking at somebody but you're not really you're not really seeking to have them understand you're just speaking at them and i think sometimes that's why prayer is so difficult because we we have a hard time communicating with people that we're with all the time, that are bodily, physically present with us, and then we're supposed to be communicating with Almighty God, who most often, at least in my life, isn't speaking right directly back to me in that same way. I'm not, I'm not able to read God's body language, you know, as we're sitting here. So it's difficult to, I think, I'll speak for myself, I find prayer difficult because Because I'm never really exactly sure what I'm supposed to be doing, and I and I've often gotten in my head that there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it, and so you know when when you make it that difficult and that that high of a hurdle, most of us just say, you know what, I'm done. I, I just this is. But one of the things recently that I read as I was preparing for this was Richard Foster, who who's written a lot about the disciplines of the Christian life from meditation and fasting to prayer and to study and worship and all those sorts of things. He, he says one of the greatest gifts he ever got was that somebody told him that learning how to pray is a learning process. And when we're learning a new skill, we've got to try different things to see what works. We've got to be willing to fail or to feel like we've failed. To feel like, you know, it, it, that, that it's not working or we're not connecting or whatever. And be willing to try other things and be willing to understand that we're, we may never get it right. But we're, we ought to always be in a position of seeking to learn how to communicate better with God. And so he says the place to start really is, is, um, is just in, in what he calls the prayer of guidance. Which is to, is to, which is to be quiet and just to say... God, what would you have me do? How would you have me live? What is it that you want to speak into my life? To a prayer of guidance, to, to open our own hearts to what God has for us first. And so part of the reason why we read the scripture from, um, about Jesus going to the temple is that Jesus models for us a life of opening his heart to God, of course, um, and even in a young age, he goes to the house where you know, God is supposed to be, where the temple is, where the Ark of the Covenant is, because he wants to learn and he wants to, he wants to be engaged with those teachers, but it's a house of prayer. And throughout his ministry, there are many, many places where it says Jesus got up in the early morning and he went by himself to pray. He went by himself to pray that he models that over and over and over, even in the midst of all the things that he's doing, all the healings that he's doing, all the people that he's with, he's he's setting aside some time to sit and to be with God and to have that communication. And so if Jesus, who is the Son of God, who probably was as close to God as we could ever imagine, and who we believe then is God and can communicate directly with God very clearly, very easily, sets aside time to do that, doesn't just go around and and running around like a whirling dervish and doing all this stuff like most of us do, maybe we should take a little lesson from that. That it maybe it's incumbent upon us to, to find ways of prayer. And maybe it isn't that we get up early and that we go off by ourselves. Maybe that doesn't work for you. But why wouldn't you try it at least for a while? Again, it's a learning process. So you have this prayer of guidance. You, you're asking, God, what would you have me be? What would you have me do? How would you have me pray? I think that's really important is to just say, what, how would you have me pray? Because for some of us, we're, we're, we find out that we're, we're, we're active people. And, and, if we're, and if we sit still, our mind is just going crazy and whatever. We need, we need something to direct that. So maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's while you're you know while you're doing a morning walk or a morning workout or, or whenever that is in the afternoon that you're that 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 you're then that you're then asking those questions because that's able to help focus your body and focus your mind in a particular way maybe it's you know maybe maybe it's when if you have a, if you have a commute you know that that you turn the, you turn the radio off and, and that you're praying that prayer of guidance and then you turn and there are many, many ways of praying. I'm only going to talk about two, the prayer of guidance. Then, and then what Richard Foster calls the prayer of faith, or what we might call intercession. Intercession, which means that we're praying for others' needs. That we're praying for others' needs. That we're, that we're praying that, that perhaps we know people who are going through a difficult time, and so we're, we're praying for the reconciliation of that particular thing. That we're praying for God's Spirit to be part of, of what's happening there. Maybe we know some people in their in, their, in you know in, in their primary relationship that are that are struggling and and so and so we feel like God God wants to heal that relationship so we pray for that relationship to be healed for them to come to a new and a better place. Maybe God lays on our heart that, that we ought to be we ought to be praying and working for peace in our communities, and so we we begin to pray for those kinds of things. I mean whatever it is, but that we, first we're listening for what, how God would have us pray and what God would have us pray for. And then we turn to this intercessory prayer or praying for others. So often I find myself, I'll just be really honest, I find myself like I look at a situation and I know exactly what needs to happen. How to fix it. How it needs to be fixed. And so I basically just say, hey God, um, this is what needs to happen, so would you just go do that please? I mean, and who knows if I'm right or wrong, right? But more than likely, I'm, it's all about me. <laughs> you know, it's not, I haven't really listened to what God would have us do or would have me do. I'm just saying, oh, I know what, I know what needs to happen here, so God, just do that. But when, when I've said, okay, God, show me what you want in this situation. Show me how to pray here oftentimes I come to a different place, maybe a more, a more, a more humble place, where then maybe, maybe God leads me into a place where I can see more deeply into a, a relationship or more deeply into a situation. Prayer is difficult because part of what's happening in prayer is that, is that God is, is, is conforming us and showing us God's thoughts and the way God sees the world. And the way God sees the world is often not the way we do. I think God sees the brokenness of the world even more painfully than we do. Because God holds all of that pain. I believe God sees the world in some ways with more hope than we do. Because God knows what it is that we could become. How it is that we could live if we were to open our hearts to God, if we were to open our hearts and to, and to live generous and loving and graceful and hopeful lives in the midst of our communities. And so Jesus is, again, our model for this because, I mean, as a young child, he's, he, he goes to the temple, but we know then through his life that he, that he prays. And it's such, a, it's such a powerful part of his life that the, his disciples Come to him at one point, and they're like, uh, Jesus, you seem like you got this prayer thing, like it's really a powerful thing in your life. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And what we have recorded in the scripture, of course, is that he, he, he taught them to pray what we call the Lord's Prayer, and we have it up on the wall, at least one version of it up on the wall over here. And that's part of the reason why we pray that prayer every week is because we know that Jesus taught, taught his disciples that prayer to pray. And if you, I, I, I just dare you to pray that every day really, really slowly. Maybe recite each line two or three times slowly in your prayers and just mull over what you think God means with those words and what that might mean for your life as a way of opening your heart to what God would have for you and for the people around you. And maybe, just maybe, if as you learn, to, you learn to communicate with God and you learn to open your heart to God in a particular way and you learn to communicate and you learn to begin hopefully to feel what, what maybe what God wants in particular situations, maybe that also helps you communicate with others better because you become more patient with them. You become more open to what their needs are and how they need to, they need to be communicated with. And perhaps that helps you heal your relationships. Prayer is a powerful, powerful thing. And it is something that is a learning process throughout your whole life. It is something that we are encouraged to do by our Lord and Savior. God offers us this opportunity each and every day to be in communication with God. To have this deep and holy relationship if we are willing to set aside our time and to open our hearts and our minds to God in this way. So may you follow the example of Jesus. May his life call to yours in such a way that your heart is open to God in prayer. And may you be enriched by it. Amen. Just take a few moments of just some reflection time, and then we're going to pray together and share in the Lord's Supper.